0: my eyes to see your majesty, to be still and know that you're in this place. Please let me stay and rest in your holiness, word of God speak. Saturday and welcome to your weekend. It's the weekend Saturday version of the Daily Walk. I'm your host, Wayne Clevenger, and today we are in 2 Thessalonians. It's a short book, has three chapters, and Paul is writing to the Church of Thessalonica yet again for more encouragement because they are being persecuted, and they're getting some false information that the day of the Lord has already come. So how would you feel if you were led to believe that The rapture took place and you're all left behind. First of all, I always do this talk about the day of the Lord, the second coming of Christ is going to happen at any given moment for any given person at any given time. And I talk about a 24-hour shift I had on the helicopter when the Lord came back for people of all ages because it was a day when everybody died on the helicopter. And I didn't know, it, it really messed me up because I didn't know if I could still do it. And my wife met me at the door after that shift and she knew that something was wrong and I said, I don't know if I can do this because on the ambulance you get, calls in between that take your mind off things. But that day, it was it was different. She reminded me that they only call the helicopter for bad calls and that, you know, that's why you're there, and the Lord would use it for ministry. So I looked at that, and here's, you know, here's the thing. The Bible doesn't say, in Matthew 24, it says, Two women will be hanging clothes, one will be taken, one will be left. Two people will be out grinding grain, one will be taken, the other one left. This has nothing about left behind. We get so caught up in the movie Left Behind from back in the day, and then they did a remake with Nicolas Cage. It doesn't say left behind it just says one will be taken one will be left and we see that every day when people are taken to be with the lord their day of the lord comes and we're left my brother-in-law was taken in 2012 on father's day but this father myself was left so in the church of thessalonica they're being persecuted and they're all being ridiculed for their faith. And they're kinda being, you know, led to believe, like, why do you do what you do? Because it's too late, right? And so, Paul opens up and says how much he's blessed by them. And he says who's writing, this is from Paul, Silas, and Timothy, and He lets them know how much he appreciates them, how much he loves them, and he tells people proudly about how much they endure in their faithfulness, the persecution and hardships they suffer, and how God will use their persecution to show his justice and to make them worthy of his kingdom. It's his justice that will pay back those who persecute us. And that's what we have to realize. That if we go back to Romans, when he's writing to the church in Rome, the one he never visited, he, in Romans 12 he says, never pay back evil for evil. And then depending on what version we are, it says, woe to the man, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. And so... God will provide rest, keyword if you come and tune in to us at Homestead Church on Sunday tomorrow, you will hear more on rest, but he will provide rest for you who are being persecuted and also for us when the Lord Jesus appears from heaven. Those that persecute will be punished with eternal destruction, forever separated from the Lord and from His glorious power. Can you imagine what that would be like? You think you have it all figured out, and you're persecuting per- Christians. You're, you're, you know, you know, you're going through the whole Saul thing. Why do you persecute me? And because we won't turn to Jesus, because we think we have it all figured out. That day comes where Jesus takes those who believe in him and we are eternally separated from God forever. And while the Christians, the believers in Christ, go to heaven and they're protected from ever knowing who didn't make it, including the loved ones that they cared so much about and prayed so much for, They will never know because there's no sorrow in heaven, so that's all blanked out from them. All those that never would accept Christ and were always ridiculing us because we serve God and because we were goody-two-shoes and we wouldn't do this and we wouldn't do that and because we wouldn't do the things that other people would do are going to see firsthand. I mean, that's got to be part of what hell's about is seeing what we missed, you know? It's like knowing you can't eat a steak dinner because it's not on your diet and you're sitting across from somebody or you're fasting and you are watching someone else eat a big old filet mignon with a loaded baked potato and a big old salad. Now, the truth about fasting is if you fast long enough, that doesn't affect you. But from hell, it will definitely affect you. Because we will be eternally separated from God and knowing that we missed heaven. So Paul just says, I'm going to keep praying for you, asking for God to enable you to live a life worthy of your call. What's our call? Our call is to follow him, our call is to stay close to him, our call is to keep living in the spirit, let the spirit lead us, let the spirit protect us, let the spirit guide us in those times of persecution so we don't fall away. Because when we live the way the Lord wants us to live, then Jesus is honored because of the way we live and we will be honored with him. And it's all made possible through the grace of our God and Lord Jesus Christ. That's awesome. So he's warning us, don't be fooled by those people that say it's already come. You know, read the scriptures, follow it. There is no left behind in there. It just says one will be taken, one will be left. And he, he gets even more specific. He said, Don't be fooled by the day, for the great day will not come until there is a great rebellion against God, and a man of lawlessness is revealed, the one who brings destruction. He will exalt himself and defy everything that people call God and every object of worship. He will even sit in the temple of God claiming that he himself is God. And we have to be real careful about that because in our world today, we already see the lawlessness and and the turning away of God, but we also have a tendency to see someone who comes in a leadership role who flirts with knowing the law, knowing the word of God, knowing the history of the Bible, and kind of living by it, sitting in a seat of honor by it, but not following it to the T. Because if he, if that person knows enough to be damaging but still breaks other laws, we're going to see in James where it's like even if you break the smallest of these, you're still guilty of... Committing a sin you still live in a sinful life the one that really is Following the Jesus the one that really is Jesus has complete holiness. There is no room for Any lack of holiness, so the person that's gonna be coming in the name of the Lord. That's Jesus himself Will represent complete holiness. There won't be any well you know, they committed this crime back in the day or they committed this crime or they, they speak hatefully to people or they they break this law or they break that law. No, complete holiness has no exceptions. And if we're seeing that in our world today, we can't compare that to the Messiah. We can't compare that to the Lamb or the Lion of Judah. We can't do that. We we have to know it, just because that person knows some Bible and is good to Christian people, that doesn't make them the coming Messiah or the answer to the world's problems. This we have to be careful because that's deception. And that man, here's here's what Paul says, will come to do the work of Satan with counterfeit power and signs and miracles. He will use every kind of evil deception to fool those on their way to destruction because they refuse to love and accept the truth that would save them. If it's not rooted in love, people, it's hateful. And man, and we have seen that from leaders of the past, leaders of the present, and we gotta be careful of that, not to put them on a pedestal that makes them feel like they're God. You know, I think of Pharaoh, who called himself God, and he was, you know, so angry with the Israelite people, And even when he tried to be nice to them, he was mean to them. And so we got to look at how we look at people. So he says, God will cause them to be greatly deceived and they will believe these lies. So it says God will cause. Why will God cause that? God's not. What it means when he says God will cause it is God's gonna allow us to be in that because we're not gonna listen to God, we're gonna listen to the deceptor. Because we no longer pray, we no longer listen to God, so God's just gonna allow it because that's what we want instead of God. And that's why he says stand firm and keep a strong grip on the teaching that Paul's talking about from the word of God. Stand firm because we got to stand firm in what we know is truth, absolute truth. And you know, and I've had to say that a few times. What I know is truth, what I know is the Word of God. So I'm going to stand in the Word of God. And if that upsets you, I'm sorry. But that's how I'm going to live because that I know is the truth, and that's what I'm going to have to live by. I'm going to love you anyway. And it says the Father who loved us by grace gave us eternal comfort and wonderful hope. And may he comfort you and strengthen you in every good thing you say and do. So what we do has to still be rooted in love. It still has to be rooted in the love of God. We don't exhort people. We don't yell at people because they aren't following what we do. We still have to love them, and what we, you know, I always think of the woman at the well. That's like my favorite story, because Jesus knew all about that woman, but he didn't reprimand her. He didn't tell her how bad she was when he got met her. He knew already, but he gave her good, unconditional agape love that loved her for who she was. He didn't judge her, he didn't tell her how bad she was. He just built this talking relationship with her that was relevant about a water that would change her forever. And man, if we could be that way with people <laughs> in our own lives instead of just coming right out and blurting condemnation on them, what a difference it would make in the way people see Jesus. So Paul closes this out, and he says, hey, I I really want you to pray for us. Pray for us because we need it, you know, because they're they're writing from, he's writing from prison, and they still got a message to get out, and he says, pray that the Lord's message will spread rapidly, and it will be honored wherever it goes, just as when it came to you. And pray that we'll be rescued. For the Lord is faithful. He will strengthen you and guard you from the evil one. And we are confident in what the Lord is doing and will continue to do with the things he's commanded us. See, he knows, Paul knows, that with the Lord anything is possible and he's sure that the Lord's gonna strengthen him if we keep praying. See, we talk about this perpetual infilling of the Holy Spirit, but we have to be perpetually, that's continually, that's constantly, going back to the Lord for it. If we never go to the water cabinet to get water, we are going to dehydrate. And if we never go back to the Lord in prayer and spiritual disciplines, We are going to get dehydrated of our Holy Spirit. We're going to lose what we have. If you don't use it, you lose it. And if we don't stay connected to the vine, Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branches. And those that stay connected to me will produce fruit. And if we don't stay connected, We won't stay hydrated. So we gotta stay connected. How do we do that? Stay active in the disciplines of prayer, reading the word, worshiping, hospitality, doing those things that we need to do to stay connected in the Lord's presence. Oh, maybe we'll hear about that about rest. Rest in him, because Paul says if we don't, that's like getting complacent, that's like being idle. And he says, in the name of the Lord Jesus, stay away from all believers who live idle lives because idle lives lead to dehydration and dehydration leads to death. Ooh. And if we're leading idle lives, we're meddling in other people's business. And when we meddle in other people's business, we give Satan a foothold. And when we give Satan a foothold, that's when we give Satan, we gotta go back to Galatians five, nineteen 19-22, 19-20. We give him a foothold and those sinful desires peep up, and then we start seeing things that start happening like division, dissension, envy. And so he's like, Don't let that happen. Stay true to what the Lord is calling you to do and pray without ceasing. Stay in the word. And let the Lord lead you. And then he closes out. May the Lord of peace himself give you his peace at all times in every situation. The Lord be with you all. So this weekend as we go into the Sabbath, let's go in prayerfully. And let's go in Taking a look at ourselves, are we complacent? Have we been lazy? Have we been idle? Do we need an infilling of the Holy Spirit because we haven't stayed connected? And if we have, then let's go in to the Sabbath and to our worship service with an expectation of an encounter and say, Lord, I need you, fill me with your Spirit. Have a great Saturday. We'll see you tomorrow when we venture into 1 Timothy. Word of God speak, would you pour down like rain washing my eyes